0: Good morning to you. Sorry about the phasing there. It's three minutes after eight o'clock and welcome to Money for Nothing. I'm Brian Curtis. Here are our headlines this morning. President Obama says he will take a regional strategy to defeat ISIS. China might reduce its stakes in the big state-owned banks. France halts the delivery of a warship to Russia, but a ceasefire does move a bit closer. And the Fed's Beige Book says the U.S. economy is doing just fine. A few Quotes here to get us started.
1: We will not be intimidated. Their horrific acts only unite us as a country and stiffen our resolve to take the fight against these terrorists. The president teases here what the strategy will be. The United States will continue to lead a regional and international effort against the kind of barbaric and ultimately empty vision. Uh, that ISIL represents.
0: Vice President Joe Biden had said we will follow them to the gates of hell. So we'll take a closer look at what this strategy of the United States is. Meantime, the U.S. economy is on track after a rough start to the year.
2: The first half was really messy and it was very hard to interpret what was signal and what was noise. I think as we look back over the past two or three months there's probably less of a weather bounce back effect, more of uh I think clean readings what that we're getting on the economy and overall uh those look pretty good
0: And that's Mike Ferroli at J.P. Morgan on the Beige Books Read. And, of course, these strategists are always trying to separate signal from noise. In markets, Apple took a big hit after its product launch or before its product launch and after a Samsung launch. And Yum! Brands stumbles again in China. So details shortly. Our guests this morning are Andrew Sullivan of Espirito Santo Investment Bank. We'll be talking to Andrew about markets and also chatting with Sean Darby of Jeffries on strategy in the markets. And Denise Jung, Deputy Hong Kong News Editor of the SCMP, will be with us to discuss the future of Occupy Central. So in the markets this morning, uh, we don't see really big changes this morning. Uh, the Nikkei is down 23 points, but the Kospi is up eight points in Seoul. And in Australia, the ASX 200 down a couple. And if you look at uh, currency trades now, the dollar is at 104.89. That's the dollar a little weaker against the yen. The euro is at one point. 3148 U.S. dollars. And gold now, $1,268 an ounce. President Obama said the beheading of a second American, Stephen Sotloff, shows the need for a global alliance to confront ISIS.
1: Like Jim Foley before him, Steve's life stood in sharp contrast to those who murdered him so brutally. They make the absurd claim that they kill in the name of religion, but it was Stephen, his friends say, who deeply loved the Islamic world. His killers try to claim that they defend the oppressed. But it was Stephen who traveled across the Middle East risking his life to tell the story of Muslim men and women demanding justice and dignity. Whatever these murderers think they'll achieve by killing innocent Americans like Stephen, uh, they have already failed. They failed because, like people around the world, Americans are repulsed by their barbarism, We will not be intimidated, their horrific acts only unite us as a country and stiffen our resolve to take the fight against these terrorists. And those who make the mistake of harming Americans will learn that we will not forget, and that our reach is long, and that justice will be served.
0: Much was made last week when the president said we have no strategy on ISIS, uh, particularly in Syria.
1: Well, he outlines the strategy here. Our objective is clear and that is to degrade and destroy ISIL so that it's no longer a threat, not just to Iraq, but also the region and to the United States. In order for us to accomplish that, the first phase has been to make sure we've got an Iraqi government that's in place and that we are blunting the momentum that ISIL was carrying out, and the airstrikes have done that. But now, what we need to do is make sure that we've got the regional strategy in place, that can support an ongoing effort not just in the air but on the ground to move that forward in the video, a
0: masked fighter says, I'm back, Obama. I'm back because of your arrogant foreign policy toward the Islamic State. On Wall Street, an early rally gave way and stocks finished flat. Investors were positive at first over reports of a ceasefire in Ukraine. Then that faded a little. The S&P 500 was down one point. The Dow was actually up 10 points at 17,078. The Nasdaq down 25 at 4572. The Fed's Beige Book offered little New news, but was seen as positive.
2: One, I think, interesting factor is it said, look, there is no real change in momentum since the last uh, beige book. And the last beige book was looking back to the second quarter, which was a quarter in which we had uh, 4% growth. Now, I wouldn't want to take this beige book and say, ah, oh, this means we're going to have 4% growth in the third quarter, but I do think it is consistent with a lot of the data we're seeing right now that suggests that uh, the momentum in economic activity remains pretty solid uh, as we began the third
0: quarter. He says nothing in it means the Fed will be raising rates sooner than we expected.
2: In its description of inflation, most districts reported that input prices remain stable and benign, I think, were some of the words used. So it doesn't feel like, you know, we have an inflation problem brewing. Certainly, there's a lot of talk about the Fed being behind the curve, but the hard inflation data don't suggest that. uh, Neither does today's Facebook. Meantime,
0: Jim Bianco of Bianco Research jokes that the Fed will be on hold forever.
2: And I'm tired of Wall Street saying that they're going to hike rates in six months and then in six months say they're going to hike rates in six months. Wall Street's been saying that now for years. So tongue-in-cheek, I've been saying they're never going to raise rates, and I'll revise that to a date in the future, meaning I think that the Fed is well off in the future when they're going to raise rates. It's not going to be the first half of next year. It might not even be the second half of next year. I'm not holding my breath about the first rate hike. I'm not worried about but- it.
0: Jim Bianco, Bianco Research. Our first guest is Sean Darby, Chief Global Equity Strategist at Jefferies. Sean, good morning. Well, the geopolitical events, uh, which we always have at the top of our news, uh, sometimes have a big effect on markets, not so much of late, uh, although the possible ceasefire in Ukraine did get people a little bit excited, and that built on the back of the services PMI in China yesterday. How does the outlook appear for you? Um,
3: I. I at the moment that um, markets are sort of somewhat confused. I think um, looking forward, there's not really much policy initiatives uh, coming through. So they haven't really got the leadership from any of the central banks. And we'll have a total of 12 by the end of this week meeting. Uh, so markets are pretty much on their own on monetary policy. And economic data, as you've been pointing out, has been much better in the U.S., but very, very mixed in Europe. And I suspect that that's probably going to carry on into early next year. I think the markets probably will still be taking their leadership from the U.S. And in Europe, I think they're going to be still trying to hold out for further QE going into next year. And I think that's going to be the main main problem for the, for the, for the developed markets and that uh, the ECB might, might find itself for being a lot longer in bringing more un- unconventional policies uh, to, to, the, to the fore.
0: Are we being set up for some disappointment if the ECB doesn't actually do much about quantitative easing?
3: I think so. I think he, even Mr. Draghi's laid his cards on the table, in which uh, at the Jackson Hole meeting he was referring really to just uh, fiscal and uh, measures really to help boost growth. And to some extent, that's really the cards on the table for most of the developed world central banks now. They need the supply side reforms and government uh, measures really to come now into play because they've played most of their cards in terms of keeping long rates low, keeping currencies suppressed. And really, it's now very much up to the governments to start to uh, do their bit in trying to uh, provide a a growth backdrop. And that's particularly the case in Europe at the moment.
0: So growth in Europe is is not very strong. Uh, We may even be coming close to recession. China is a little bit difficult to call, and the U.S. a little bit difficult to call. So on balance, it doesn't set up as a very good backdrop.
3: Well, I guess the one thing that's helped equities, and it's been a, a, you know, has confounded everybody over the last six months, pretty much since the winter vortex, has been how far long-term bond yields have fallen, and that's really been what I think has held up equity markets. It's been the dramatic drop in the ten-year below two and a half percent, when everyone's forecast was for sort of ten years at three and a half by year end, and the same thing, same theme has played itself out in Japan and also in the UK as well. So it's the long rates, I think, that have um, been you know, conspicuous in their, in their misbehavior, but that's really been actually quite to the advantage of the equity markets.
0: And why are those bond yields so low?
3: I think in some, in some respects, it is alluding to your um, earlier com- the comments by one of your earlier um, uh, guests, I think Mr. Bianco, that rates may not necessarily move up that far in this cycle. And to put it into context, uh, aside from New Zealand, which has raised rates this year, all, any of the developed uh, world economy, central banks like um, Sweden, Norway, Australia, when they've raised rates since the global financial crisis, they've actually found themselves going back and cutting rates all the way back down again. So the probability is that the Fed will find itself in a, in a rate cycle, which is very, very uh, sanguine or subdued. And I think that's really what the long end of the bond market is telling us at the moment.
0: I want to ask you a couple of questions about China in a moment. But uh, one thing that hasn't got much discussion this week, uh, while everybody's been talking about the ECB and uh, possibly Russia, Ukraine, is the U.S. jobs report. Normally, we focus on that a lot. Um, why not so much focus this weekend? what are you expecting?
3: That's a good question. Um, I guess the -the run-of-the-mill answer is that uh, this time of year there's a lot of seasonality in the uh, in the number, so sort of um, economists tend to overlook this number as being anything in terms of a, a um, in terms of a data point. It has a has an enormous variance in terms of seasonality. We we're going for um, just over two hundred thousand and an unchanged uh, unemployment rate. I think consensus is around about two fifty. Uh, we're normally much more bullish on the um, on the labour markets, and we have been one of the more bullish. But as I said, we point out. To that, that, that seasonality might work against the, a better data point this week.
0: On China, we have a headline this morning uh, uh, that says that the government might reduce its stakes in some of the biggest state-owned banks um, and that it will introduce more private capital into some state-owned enterprises. Uh, what, what does that mean? Is that a kind of policy announcement uh, that may be coming that you think could have a big impact?
3: I, th- I suspect that uh, it might in the short term be, for, particularly for the banks and some of the SOEs, a little bit of wishful thinking. I think they would put, probably find that a very appealing uh, motivation to, to try to introduce more uh, private and foreign capital into parts of the economy. I, I think it's going to be quite difficult initially to do that unless it's uh, done in the form of some sort of uh, backdoor privatization, i.e., you allow large foreign ownership of some of these uh, entities. You have have to bear in mind, of course, that particularly for the banks, there was a quite a large number of seed investors in the Chinese banks uh, when they did come to the market, and most of those uh, have now sold them, have sold out of actually uh, their bank positions. So I think, on that respect, it might just be more wishful thinking, but uh, and I know m- more than that. I think there's still quite a bit of work to do in terms of the SOE and bank reform going forward.
0: And just briefly, we had a major bounce in the Hang Seng Index yesterday, five hundred and sixty. Eight points higher. What, in your view, was driving that?
3: That's a very good question. I, I think everyone was a little bit confounded, not only by the, but the um, performance in Hong Kong, but more across the mainland, where um, the, you know, the markets did very, uh, very well. I think two things have been apparent. One has been that uh, investors have been overly cautious or pessimistic on on China over the last six to nine months, and there's been a certain amount of catch-up. And secondly, again, um, particularly for Hong Kong, you have real rates here, real interest rates, which are close to minus four. So, um, again, it's very supportive for asset markets. And I think, uh, by and large, uh, with, the, with some of the fears of Occupy Central now being pushed to one side, the market had a, had a sort of relief rally yesterday, uh, um, as, as we saw.
0: Okay, Sean, thank you very much for being with us. Sean Darby, Chief Global Equity Strategist at Jefferies, and we'll be talking about Occupy Central a little bit later in this half hour.
3: Tell you a story.
1: Money talk says dreams.
0: Advised that we have Andrew Sullivan, our next guest uh, with us. So Andrew will be along in just a moment. A couple of other tidbits. Apple slumped a little bit more than 4% in ninety-eight ninety-four. Samsung introduced two Galaxy smartphones with quick access to applications and some people taking profits in Apple ahead of its big launch on September 9th. France has said that conditions are not right for delivery of the first of two Mistral Navy assault ships to Russia. President France. While Hollande's office blamed Moscow's recent actions in Ukraine. France had until now resisted pressure to halt the delivery, saying that it had to respect. An existing contract. Briefly, here's how markets are moving now. The Nikkei down 19 points, and that's a little bit of an improvement over earlier. Looking at Australia, down one point, and the Kospi in Seoul is up nine points. Henderson Land will spend six and a half billion dollars on a shopping center in Choi. It beat out 17 others to win that tender. The complex in the district will be completed by 2019 and will house retail, services, and dining, as well as a public garage. Okay, Andrew Sullivan joins us now from Espirito Santo. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Brian. Some of these items in the news, uh, Yum! Brands stumbling a little bit in China. Uh, it had sales, same-store sales, down 13% after that probe into one of the suppliers of meat products. Um, how does the outlook uh, appear to you at the moment?
4: Well, I think for most of these companies that are involved in these tainted uh, food scandals, it's going to be a, an uphill battle. I mean, it's like most things, once confidence is lost, it will take them time to um, to get it back. But, I mean, I think the fact that you're already seeing McDonald's um, seeing a return uh, of, of its customers in China kind of shows you that, you know, the Western food is well-liked there uh, and, I mean, people have short memories and uh, hungry tummies.
0: So at the moment, uh, as you look at, in, at the investment landscape, uh, what makes you the hungriest?
4: Well, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, I think it's the other way. I mean, I think people are being still being very cautious. Uh, as, as Sean Darby was saying there earlier, I mean, we've had a massive rally. Um, we'd worked higher. We gave it up last week and we've got it all back this week. So there's obviously still a lot of nervousness out there and people are prepared to act very quickly.
0: So where, where think, was the caution and the nervousness yesterday in Hong Kong?
4: Well, that's it. I mean, last Wednesday and Thursday, though, we saw the market give up all those points. And yesterday we got it all back again, um, just on the release of the, the PMI data.
0: Yes, it seems, um, a, little, seems the, a little strange. The, the PMI data was pretty strong. Uh, that's the uh, services. And it seems to counter um, what we've been seeing with manufacturing. The manufacturing uh, PMIs, uh, purchasing managers, indices uh, hasn't been that good. And so I think some people yesterday focused a little bit on this much better services PMI. Maybe suggests that the transformation of the economy or the rebalancing, that's the buzzword of the economy, could be well underway. Well,
4: I think that's true. and I think that's what everybody is hoping for. Um, I think there are still quite a lot of concerns out there, though, because we're seeing this strong rally at a time when the bank lending is low and there's still a lot of caution about about the property market in China. And obviously the property market is going to be a big driver behind the services because, as you say, it's a restructuring of the economy. um, And it's difficult to see how China can move significantly higher uh, if the banks aren't lending money.
0: The thing is that um, markets do tend to climb a wall of worry. So while you speak of the caution and the nervousness, uh, we've moved in the Hang Seng Index, you know, all the way up to uh, well over 25,000 now. So for people who were cautious, they could be scratching their head saying, you know, what am I missing here? Um, so, I mean, what's a strategy to counter that?
4: Well, I mean, I think you're right. And I think one of the large reasons that the market is moving higher is the fact that obviously cash is misplaced. If you can borrow – if the central banks are lending money for zero, then you're a fool not to take it and use it. Uh, And it's interesting to see the fact that a lot of people are investing using ETFs, which gives them market exposure and tracks the index, rather than having to try and stock pick, which is a problem probably more for the, uh, the mutual fund managers of trying to actually pick good stocks.
0: Pretty big move by Henderson yesterday to shell out uh, almost a billion U.S. dollars. I mean, 839 million uh, U.S. dollars. That's 6.5 billion Hong Kong dollars in building a mall in Tsim Sha Tsui. First of all, what do you think of that purchase and what sort of message does it send to the broader market?
4: Well, this is a prime site in in Tsim Shao Choi, and these sites don't come up very, very often. I mean, the last major site there was the Marine Police thing, which, the, uh, which Chung Kong bought, and have turned into a very nice hotel and shopping center. So I think that the key lesson here is, like most things, even though there is a lot of caution on the property market, prime sites are always going to be prime sites, uh, and they won't come up very regularly. So I think Henderson managing to se- secure that is obviously a good move. I think in the wider market, though, we still haven't seen a, a huge um, pickup uh, as far as pricing goes. The developers are still you know, keen to offer discounts, keen to sell their inventory and keen to pre sell their stock um, ahead of any interest rates rises, which may come you know, within the next 12 months and make the much market a much more difficult place to operate.
0: As we move through the next uh, month or so, what will you be looking out for the most closely?
4: Well, I think... You know, you know, today, people are looking at central banks. Obviously, we've got the BOJ and the ECB and even the, the Bank of England and then the jobs market. It's the global recovery that's really going to be the long-term driver, I think, for both China and, and, and consequently Hong Kong markets. Uh, and we need to see solid growth coming through, uh, which I think at this stage we haven't really seen yet. We've seen pockets of it. And I think the you know, the, the Beige Book summed it up by saying you know, modest to moderate growth seems to be the – still a matter of looking at companies, you know, doing due diligence, finding good brand names, well-run companies um, that provide good investment returns.
0: And don't worry too much about the politics. Um, you know, that was mentioned by Sean Darby as though support for Occupy Central is waning a little. That was the headline yesterday. We had a little discussion about whether or not that really is the case. What do you think? I think
4: the fact is that the you know, Occupy Central is taking a very sensible line. They were trying to to get a discussion going, and I think the fact that the matter is being talked about so widely is obviously very positive. I think China is in the position at the moment of having a, a clamp down and a strict line within its own borders on corruption uh, and reform, uh, and that's possibly you know doesn't fall in line then to to start showing a, a bending bow towards. Uh, Hong Kong. But uh, this matter isn't going to go away. It's going to be a a topic for for many years to come. Um, And hopefully, I mean, I think you know, with all the reforms in China, it, it will realize that the one thing it really needs to reform is the one party state.
0: All right, Andrew, thanks very much for joining us here. It's a good segue for me into our next guest. Uh, uh, thanks, Andrew. Andrew Sullivan, sales trader at Espirito Santo Investment Bank. The time is 25 minutes after 8 o'clock, and I'm joined by Denise Zhang, deputy Hong Kong news editor at the South China Morning Post. Denise, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Yeah, so we talked a lot about Occupy Central yesterday. You really had to read a little bit between the lines from Benny Tai and from Chen Kinman about um, what the strategy will be going forward. Uh, uh, What do you think?
5: Well, I think that um, Occupy Central movement is definitely going on, because as uh, Benny Tai said yesterday, that they're still planning uh, waves after after waves actions that uh, are in the pipeline. However, However, he hasn't talked about what exactly they are, but People are expecting that could be some sort of um, activities that will happen off the peak hours. or
0: For instance, even on a holiday.
5: Holidays or um, at night.
0: And would the impact then, what would the uh, hoped for impact be, do you think?
5: It's really hard to say because right now we don't know what exactly this movement will be. However, um, some bankers or some companies who are based in Central, they have drawn up uh, contingency plans already.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the idea was in the early days of planning Occupy Central was to send a strong message to Beijing that Hong Kong people wanted more. They wanted a genuine universal suffrage uh, set of principles, a uh, framework for the vote. Uh, since they didn't get that and since China spoke very strongly, um, does that mean that the strategy needs to be changed?
5: In I think you're right. You're right, because um, some people, uh, do expect that, um, through this Occupy Central movement, they would give pressure to, to Beijing, um, that, uh, Beijing may give some sort of allowance. However, it turns out it's not the case. And, um, that's why Occupy Central co-organizers like Benny Tai and Reverend, uh, Chu and, uh, Chen Kimen, they're all talking about a revise sort of strategies. And then, um, even though we don't know what exactly these are, um, but we are certain that um, they are calling for uh, civil disobedience. Do
0: you think that this might wind up being something like the candlelight vigil that could go on for many, many years, 10, 15 years, uh, um, a once a year show of um, dramatic support?
5: I think this is uh, a possibility because okay. Benny was saying that that civil disobedience campaign may go on for 5, 10 or even 15 years.
0: In the run-up to this, as you spoke to companies, uh, did you note a lot of caution and did they have a lot of contingency plans?
5: I think they do because, um, for example, for brokers, um, according to this uh, Securities and Futures Commission, they have to draw up some plans just just in case, if uh, something happens in Central, because as you know, there are hundreds of brokers that they are based in Central, and that is the heart of Hong Kong financial
0: yeah, district. And more and more people can work from home, and, and many of these companies, particularly the large investment banks, have a presence uh, in some of the outlying areas.
5: Yes, um, that's why for the companies that we spoke to, um, they have some offices in Kowloon or in Mong Kok, in Causeway Bay. You know, they try to. Um, uh, some uh, staff not just to avoid uh, working in central
0: when you talk to people just ordinary members of the hong kong public um, what's your sense of of their feelings is the support for occupy central waning or is it not
5: i think it's quite mixed for those who who really want beijing to um, to have concessions on Hong Kong's democracy, that they're disappointed, obviously, because now Beijing uh, um, took this hardline stance. However, on the other hand, some people they're angered but at the uh, Beijing's position as well, because it looks like there's very unlikely there will be um, concessions.
0: What's the best way for you to read the mood of people?
5: Mm, I think it it really depends on. Um, Perhaps looking at um, stock market, perhaps.
0: Yeah, that's a, a uh, you know normally referred to as a leading indicator, and it was it was odd in a sense, uh, Denise, when there was all this talk about possibly paralyzing central, and then you had these fund flows coming into Hong Kong, which were enormous. The HKMA had to intervene probably about ten or twelve times to keep the Hong Kong dollar from appreciating. Um, so it became a very difficult thing to read.
5: But uh, we can at least we can say, you know, investors somehow keep investing in Hong Kong, despite this movement remain in uncertainty.
0: I know that you um, are here to speak for the S C M P, but for a moment, speak for yourself. Are you confident about the future?
5: Mm, It really depends. There are still uncertainty.
0: We can never predict the future, I guess. So we have to play it uh, one step at a time.
5: Yeah, you're right. right. Okay,
0: Denise, thanks very much uh, for coming on the program. Uh, We had our one-hour format for the whole summer, and it was great because we could talk at length, but not so much now. So the news coming up shortly and back chat after that. Uh, Denise, thanks a lot for joining us. Denise is the deputy Hong Kong news editor at the South China Morning Post. Markets are mixed this morning, some up, some down here in Asia. In the weather for the day, mainly fine, particularly in the morning. A little bit cloudy later in the day. Showers expected. Some thunderstorms possible as well. And very hot, the maximum temperature about 32. The outlook mainly cloudy with a few showers tomorrow, then sunny periods the following few days. Thanks for joining us on Money for Nothing.
5: R-C-H-K, Radio 3.
0: It is just a tick after 8.30. The latest in news now with Samantha Butler.
5: The head of the World Health Organization, Margaret Chan, says more than 1,900 people are now known to have died in the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. The organization says 40% of the deaths have occurred in the past three weeks. Around 3,500 confirmed or probable cases of the disease have been reported in Guinea, Sierra Leone and Liberia. Ms Chan says the scale of the outbreak was unprecedented. This Ebola epidemic... Is the largest and most severe and most complex we've ever seen in the nearly 40-year history of this disease. No one, even uh, outbreak responders, uh, would experience dating back to 1976 to 1995, none of them have ever seen anything like it. A team of investigators paid for by the British government is gathering evidence to be used against the leaders of the Islamic State if they are ever tried for war crimes. The investigators are said to be peace-